1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Jesus and the disciples are finishing day two in Jerusalem. It's been a full day, as we saw last week. Jesus basically took over in the temple and disrupted all the business activities profiting off the people by dishonest gain, making quite a scene, overturning tables and driving people out, We pick up with them leaving that evening, and before they return the next day to Jerusalem, they came across a familiar fig tree, and Jesus teaches a lesson from it. The lesson can be somewhat confusing. It certainly was for the disciples at the time. So, Pastor Jim will help us understand what Jesus was saying by the time we're done this week. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Israel Figs. Mark
0: 11, verses 12 through 14. On the next day, the day after the triumphal entry, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again and His disciples were listening. Now, I explained to you that fig trees, I understand, produce figs and leaves simultaneously. Most fruit trees, they, they leaf out and then they blossom and then, or they blossom and they leaf out, and then, and then comes the fruit. Figs come simultaneously. You can, even though it's not the season for figs, like to harvest the, the plump, ripe tree, figs, you can still get the fruit of the immature figs, and it's edible, and, and you, can, you can pluck from it and and eat it. No fruit on this tree, nothing but leaves. And so Jesus says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Now His disciples were listening. It doesn't say it in the text, but they had to be thinking, why is He talking to a tree? Jesus doesn't talk to trees. What's going on here? Well, Matthew is the one who includes the detail that not only were they listening, but that the fig tree withered completely at once, in an instant. No slow dying, no, no time to say, ah, oh, it's looking a little brown around the edges of the leaves. All the leaves are gone, and the tree is ready to be burned. Well, that's a pretty dramatic visual aid. And the disciples see the fig tree cursed. They're hearing what Jesus said, and I'll bet they're thinking, okay, what do you want us to learn from that? And Jesus is heading down the path, walking off into Jerusalem, no explanation. They've had all day and all night to think about it before the next morning. They've seen him go into Jerusalem, they've seen him start overturning the tables of the money changers, letting out the, the animals that were being sold for exorbitant prices to rip off the people who had, who had come for the Passover. It was all a, a, a matter of, of money making on the part of the, the corrupt priesthood and those that they sold the... The, the franchises too. They'd heard him uh, talk about, uh, you're turning my house, which is supposed to be a house of prayer, into a robber's den. He quoted from uh, Jeremiah. He quoted from Isaiah. It had been quite a momentous day. Review last week's sermon if you, if you need to. Now we're told what happens next. Mark, remember, put it in sequence, curse the tree, clear the temple. Come back the next morning and talk about the tree. The other, uh, Matthew doesn't do it that way. Mark 11, 19 through 21. We pick it up where we left off. When evening came, they would go out of the city. So they didn't spend the nights in the city. Spent the nights at the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to Him, Rabbi, um, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now, He knew that. Peter knew that. Jesus knew that. They'd all seen the fig tree already withered in a moment. But Peter's saying, okay, Lord, there has to be more here. Now, there's a lot of symbolism connected with that tree. That fig tree had many leaves. It looked beautiful from afar. It looked It looked promising. That's a picture of Israel as a nation that had this impressive display of religion and all of the priesthood and all the sacrifices and all of that and the, and the beautiful temple, but no spiritual fruit. And that fig tree had no fruit, so there was no spiritual fruit. It's picturing no spiritual fruit coming from the leaders of the Jews. That fig tree was barren. Their, their religion had become barren. It was far from the Scriptures. There was, it, was, it was as bad as any uh, cult or false religion anywhere. Matter of fact, it was worse because it was empty, done in the name of the true God. So as the fig tree was cursed, so was the nation. God was picturing through what Jesus did there that He is turning away from His beloved Israel, for her unbelief. That became apparent. Jesus illustrated it again when He cleared out the, the the temple. And ultimately, it was fulfilled in the coming days and years, which took all the way until A.D. 70, when the temple would be destroyed and the Jews scattered until 1948 A.D. Now, that fig tree had withered from the roots. That's a picture of the fact that Jesus is saying, what you are doing is all corrupt. We're not here to prune and trim and fertilize. We are here to uproot, judge, and replace. And from that moment after Jesus went to the cross, what, three days after this, two days after this, depending on how you count, when He was crucified, then He was buried, He was resurrected. Eventually, He ascended to the Father. With Jesus' death, everything that took place in that sacrificial system, in that temple from that moment on, was irrelevant. It was being replaced with something brand new. The fig tree is cursed. The nation of Israel is cursed. Ah, but in the great faithfulness of God, even though that whole system has been uh, Been um, uh, cursed and uprooted and replaced. God has preserved His people Israel. Why? Because He has promises yet to fulfill to them, and their curse will be reversed. God will restore Israel spiritually. She will one day embrace her Messiah and her Savior, but just not now. Now, it's pretty easy for us to sit in our Uh, ivory towers 20 centuries later, and say, oh, how awful they were. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't say, "Um, Lord, what's here for me? How can I make this personal? Uh, Does the fig tree in any way picture you? Obviously, ask the people who are seeing what we're doing this morning. They would say, you're religious. Why? Why? You get up on Sunday morning, you uh, make yourself look presentable, you, you go to a church. You, you, While well, you have all the external marks of the people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, there's even a cross on the building in which you worship. Well, that tree was also full of leaves, and nothing good was being produced by it. Is there fruit in our lives to match our outward appearance? We would be silly if we didn't ask that question. Do we hate our sin profoundly and run to our Savior daily? Do we fight the good fight of the faith by standing up for truth when it is assaulted? Do we do battle to remain moral in an Immoral world that wants to take us down? Do we make hard decisions moment by moment to conform our lives to the fruit of the Spirit? You know, you can read that list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, and that's not some mystical, magical, hyper spiritual thing. When you read the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self control. Listen, you have a choice every moment of every day to bear that fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit, which that passage promises you will be enabled to do, or you can ignore it. It's, it's our choice. It's, it's your choice. I can give you a personal and perhaps not too deep illustration. You know, a couple of years ago uh, this month... Um, I slipped and fell on a steep hill, and I injured my leg. And uh, the doctors told me, uh, well, the, the, the good news is that there will be a full recovery. The bad news is this is just about the worst thing you can do to a leg and still recover from it. And I remember sitting in that doctor's office, and I was thinking about all the things I was going to do, I planned to baptize some people three days later. Uh, I planned to preach. I, I, I had all these different things. I had, a, I had a trip planned, right, Mike? I had a lot of things I was, I was planning to do. And I was looking at that leg with my kneecap down about an inch and a half lower than it belonged and, and uh, hearing about the surgery and the four months and the thing. And I, and I just started thinking of all these things. And in God's wonderful grace, I began to think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. I got down to number four and I thought, you know, this is going to take a lot of patience. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.